ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And our engineer, Roland Via, hanging hey. out with us tonight. What's happening, Sam? What's happening, Roland? How you doing, Daryl? Hey, man, I'm just telling you, college football season, NFL season, Ryder Cup, just a lot of great sports stories. The last week of uh, Major League Baseball, it's just a wonderful time to be a sports fan. Tell you what, the sports bars love it. <laughs> I would agree with that. Hey, let's get right into this top 25 in football, man. University of Alabama doing their thing. They are the number one team in the nation right now. They beat Ole Miss over the weekend. You know, the game was a little closer than what, it, what the score um, dictated. The score was 33-14 in the first quarter. Score was 6-0, Alabama leading. Um, I know I know you're from Alabama. You got some ties down there in Alabama. And I ain't talking about the road, tied road. <laughs> You know, hey man, you know I, I am. I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, but I, I, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon. I, I have a lot of respect for the Alabama football program. I was more of a War Eagle fan, and uh, you know Alabama they trailed for all of 15 seconds. You know they got two touchdowns from a freshman wide receiver, uh, Amari Cooper, and a 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, and uh, they they held Ole Miss to 218 yards of total offense. And uh, when you, when you play defense like Alabama does, you know, it, it's going to be tough to, to beat a team like Alabama when you only have 218 yards of total offense and you give up a special team touchdown. Well, that win also cost them. Uh, the wide receiver White out for the season, it looks like. Yeah. Yes, and you know, that, that's going to be tough. You have a, they have a, a relatively young wide receiver um, core uh, Amari Cooper, he's a freshman. He stepped up, had a he had a big game for Alabama when you can get two touchdowns, had close to 100 yards receiving. But uh, Alabama, uh, they're going to play action. They're going to run the football, and they're going to play tough defense. You know, the defense came up with three interceptions. And, uh, you know, Coach Saban, he, um, he gave Ole Miss some credit. He said, you know, a lot of people don't give them the credit that they deserve. They are a very physical team and have a, a real tough offense that's hard to defend. So, uh, you know, Alabama, they did what they had to do. It's not going to always be pretty, but to me, they're, the, they're one of the teams that's ranked in the top ten that, that has the right formula. They're going to play tough defense. Way back in the uh, Bear Bryant days, they would have set a wide receiver I heard and he went, wide receiver, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I was recruited by Bear Bryant, as a matter of fact. I ran a wishbone offense in high did school. Did you ever meet him personally? Did he come to you your know, house, or I'm, did you I'm, go to his house? I'm going to tell you the story about Bear. I went, I went to Alabama on a recruiting visit to be there and meet him, but he was in a, a Hawaii Bowl at the time, Aloha Bowl. So I guess I wasn't one of their priority recruits. You understand what I'm saying? But I did get a chance to sit in Bear Bryant's chair, sit behind, behind his desk, and that was one of the highlights of my life, man, to be there in his office. Well, now, so, they had a winning tradition, but you ended up going to Miami that was just beginning to build a winning tradition. Had not even built a winning right. tradition. Right. I mean, it wasn't and, there and, yet. And the story's kind of crazy, but my dad and I was watching uh, Miami play uh, Penn State on television one Saturday afternoon, I think I may have been a junior or senior in high school, and I said, uh, my dad said, I always liked Miami, and 
the ding, 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 ding. And next thing you know, I was like, man, you know, I think I always like Miami, too. There and I you said go. it like that. I think I always like Miami, too. And what position and, um, did you play in? I was, what a, I was a running back. Went, I got, I got uh, selected for a scholarship at University of Miami. Went down to Coach Howard Snellenberger. He won a national championship with us. And then Coach Jimmy Johnson came in, and the rest is history. Hey, but let's oh, talk. Oh, the rest is history. 1993 national championship 1983, ring. 1983. 1983. 1983. Excuse me. See? Hey, don't, don't give me uh-huh. 10 years. Defense that gave up 66 points and 676 yards to Texas. Now, is that a red flag? Or is that something that the Alabama fans should be concerned about, or is Texas just that good? I, I think I think they should be a little bit concerned about this. I, I really do. You know, and I and I and I really say this because you know when we talk about Alabama, we talk about the premier premium premium. And sometimes you overlook things. Sometimes you, you know, you might get a little big-headed. Not to, not to say the Saban's gonna let this happen to his team, but you just never know. Football, we play it every week for a reason. I think it was their Xbox game. They just got that one out of their system. Yeah, that that is true. And, and, some, <laughs> and sometimes styles yeah. make games. You know? a, um, yes. So, uh, oh, good point. Maybe, maybe that's something that we shouldn't be uh, that concerned about. But I just want to let all our listeners know that you're listening to Sports Info UM on 1380 WELE and also on the Voice America Network. And um, if you want to check us out, you can uh, check out our Twitter at uh, SportsInfoUM or our Facebook at Facebook.com SportsInfoUM. There that, you go. You did that good, Sam. And that's the voice of Sam Sword, the UM. What is that? University of Miami. We're talking about national championship. University and the of University Michigan. of Michigan. Go Blue, hell to And the we're talking about another national championship. Yeah, 1997 national So this champion. Auburn boy went to Michigan. Yeah, hey, uh, I, I moved to Michigan for high school and... Uh, you know, the rest is history. I met Lloyd Carr, fell in love with the Michigan tradition, and uh, I, I don't think I could have made a better choice. I met my wife, uh, my son, my daughter was born in, uh, in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. So just just great to be a Michigan Wolverine. Hey, And a national championship in what year? 1997, beat right. Washington State in the Rose Bowl. Hey, but the number two team in the country, the Oregon Ducks, uh, Mr. Phil Knight and Nike, quack, quack. Uh, they have all type of uniforms. You never know what you're going to get when, uh, when you uh, play the Oregon <laughs> Ducks. They uh, they they got a big first and third quarter to shake off a tough Washington State team. Uh, you know, Oregon only led 23-19 at the half. Yeah. Uh, w- what do you think about that performance? But they did put on their track shoes in the second half, and they scored 20 uh 21 points in the third quarter to kind of pull away from a Washington State team that's coached by Mike Leach, the former Texas Tech coach. Oregon has weapons, but sometimes these West Coast teams, they they, they lack physicality. And I'm not yeah. so sure they're physical enough to come into this SEC, the top world of college football, and play with the, with the big guns. I, I'm just not so um, sold on that quite yet. That they're going to have a big game this coming Saturday. You know they're going to host the number 23 Washington uh, yeah. Huskies, who uh, upset Beats the number eight Stanford, Stanford team. Yeah. So uh, maybe Oregon's going to be tested this week. Uh, but like you said, you know they have speed all over the field. The one thing they can match up match up with the SEC teams, in my opinion, is they definitely can match them in the speed category. And I know, hey, when I was at Michigan, we went to the Rose Bowl. Our thing was is, and you hit it again, physicality. We felt that we were going to be the most physical team. 
team that we can run at them and, and, um, and beat them up and eventually wear them down. But the physicality goes to how deep the team is, too. That's the reason why the score was 23-19 at the half. The second half belonged to Oregon because of their depth and their physicality and their depth. Yes, and, uh, and you know, uh, Mike Leach, you know, you got to give him credit. He's building. He has to build a program at Washington State. I'm sure he don't have all of the players that he would like to implement his system. But, hey, they did get over 400 yards passing, so that's something that Oregon, they're going to have to tighten up their defense if they're going to be a national title contender. Well, the number three team gets a real test this weekend when they come into the swamp and play the Florida Gators. The LSU Tigers won over the weekend against Townsend. Um, the score is 22-38. to 38. LSU won 38-22. But they get a big test this week coming into Gainesville, man, and I will be there um, to check out this game, too. So I'll be able to give you guys some ver- some bird's-eye view of what happened in Gainesville over the weekend. I-, I must admit, two weeks ago, I had my LSU pom-poms on. I'm a big Les Miles fan. He's a, a Michigan alum. But uh, LSU have been very sloppy the last two weeks. When you put the ball on the ground five times like you did against Townsend, you know, that that's the recipe for defeat. And, uh, you know, they lost three of those farmers. They were lucky to recover two of them, but uh, if they don't tighten up, um, it's going to be tough for them to come into the swamp, a hostile environment, facing a top ten opponent. Uh, I I really feel that they are the one team that their stock is going down, but hey, Never be surprised when you're facing an LSU team because you never know what Les Miles is going to pull out his bag of tricks. Well, very good for Townsend because before the game, who? Townsend who? <laughs> and they proved that they can play with some good players, and that's the reason why you have some of these type of games. Exactly. Get your name out there, national Yes. And uh, they attention. earned over $500,000. They got a national TV exposure, just like you said. And and now, hey, if they're recruiting a kid, now, hey, you're going to play the LSUs of the world. You're going to be able to be on TV so everybody can see you. That's a great recruiting tool for Townsend. Well said. Well, I agree. Hey, well, the number 14 Florida State beat up on South Florida over the weekend, uh, 30 to 17. And and Florida State really did not impress me um, like they did against Clemson. I mean, they came out like a house of fire in the second half of that Clemson game. And here it is. It seemed like they didn't really turn on the gas against uh, against South Florida. Well, I will say, hey, this is the the first time since 2005 that Florida State's 5 and 0. They went on the road, hostile environment. The first time some of those young men have been on the road in a tough environment. And and at the end of the day, it's about getting the victory. They advanced the 2009 loss to South Florida. You know, a lot of people say South Florida. South Florida is no cupcake. I mean, they beat Miami. They beat Florida State. I mean, South Florida is a rising program. And, uh, you know, it was a tough victory for Florida State. Uh, E.J. Manuel had a steady day, 19-26, 242 yards and a touchdown. The thing I like about E.J. in this game, he spread the ball around. He hit nine different receivers. When you have that type of... uh, parity in your offense, you're going to be very successful. So, uh, hey, they got the victory. They move on. I I think they're going into a bye week this week. So, Well, they certainly were no bull on the field, that's for sure. And it's really unique. When a play is called, all they got to do is talk about their mascot's doo-doo. Anyway, (laughs) uh, I mean, how about the uh, Bulls quarterback? 
Hey, well, I mean, he that kid was from Tallahassee, was lightly recruited, recruited, and look what he's—he's a, he's a fifth year, I think, starting senior. He's, uh, you know, in a, doing his graduate degree. But what a—he was a fine young man. And I tell you what, he got his bell rung there one time and came back stronger than ever. Yeah, there's no doubt he's a fine young man. He's a, he's a good football player too. He's probably going to have a, a chance to play something at the next level. Uh, and like you said, uh, that that's one that uh, South Florida's definitely happy that Florida State didn't recruit him because I'm sure. With him being from Tallahassee, if Florida State would have extended a scholarship, they definitely—that's something that he definitely would have considered. Uh, the number five team in the country, Georgia. Uh, that to me, uh, another team like like LSU. Uh, they beat a Tennessee team, fifty-one to forty-four. Uh, it, it's going to be hard to uh, to win a national championship when you're giving up that. That many points, you know, 44 points for a top five team is definitely too many points. But at the end of the day, you get the victory. You can always go back and make the corrections that it's going to take for you to be successful. But I, I will tell you what I was most impressed with with Georgia is two freshman running backs. They combined for 294 yards and five touchdowns. When you can run the ball like that, you're going to have a chance to win most games that you're in. Well, I think people sometimes um, lose track that Mark Rick is a very, very offensive-minded um, coach. He was a quarterback at the University of Miami. He was an outstanding offense coordinator at, at Florida State, and he's done a wonderful job at the University of Georgia. But the number 16 this week, man, the uh, University of South Carolina, the old ball coach, put it on Kentucky 38-17. Hey, yeah, coach, coach. You know, he, he's always doing his thing. Seems like he's doing enough to win. And this year, he really is a serious contender in a national championship hunt. I think he's, he's probably very happy with the position they're in right now, looking ahead and saying, hey, we got a chance at this thing. And it wouldn't surprise me to see um, University of South Carolina in the hunt at the end of the year. And, all, and the ball coach will be a big reason why. Hey, you know, when I look at this South Carolina team, um, I don't think, uh, the old ball coach, you know, I'm thinking to me, they play more like the Alabamas of the world. They're going to beat you up defensively. They're going to run the football. And hey, they overcame a 10 point halftime deficit to beat Kentucky 38 to 17 behind Marcus Lattimore. To me, one of the premier running backs in the country. And he's not 100% yet, but hey, when you can run, run the ball, he had 120 yards, two touchdowns and, uh, that's the type of production that you're going to need. When you can run the football and play sound defense, you're talking about a top five defense in the NCAA. Hey, it, it's going to be the recipe for success. And, hey, you're talking about a test. They have number five Georgia this week. So in the SEC, you have two matchups involving top ten opponents. You have Florida and LSU in the swamp, and you have five and six Georgia and uh, South Carolina. So you just that just lets you know the type of conference that the SEC is. Oh yeah, and and trust me, somebody's going down this week. One of those teams, or two of those teams, probably going to fall out of the top ten. Hey, but West Virginia and Geno Smith, 656 yards, eight touchdowns, 70 points. However, their defense gave up 63 to Baylor. Without R.J. Smith, that that was a um, that that was a basketball score. You you want to just talk about some of the records, the um, the highest scoring game ever in Big Twelve history. Uh, Baylor, the most points to a losing team. 
the 19 touchdowns tied to um, FBS uh, football mark. The last time that happened was 2007. Most points scored involving uh, teams ranked in the AP. I mean, and the list goes on and on. But when you talk yeah. about quarterbacks, Geno Smith, man, uh, he had more touchdown passes than he had incompletions. And, wow. and, and really, when, you, when you're looking at the Heisman front runner, how can this guy not be in front? I mean, if you look at his four-game stats and compare them to RG3s, RG3 had 1,481 yards. Smith has eight, over 1,800 yards. He's completing 83% of his passes. 20 touchdowns, no interceptions, and he's 4-0. But their next two games are going to be big tests. They're going to have Texas this week, and then they go to Texas Tech. If they can get through those games, man. The sky's the limit for Mr. Smith, especially if he can put up those type of numbers. Well, the Texas Longhorns are, is no slouch, and they're the number 12 ranked team in the, in the state in the nation this year. And they also beat Oklahoma State 41-36. Hey, um, Texas is always in the running. You know, they they're always a tough tough team, no matter who they're playing. Uh, last year will seem like a little down year for them, but right now they're 4-0, man, and and 1-0 in the in the, in the Big 12. I see them making some noise as the season goes on as well. Well, I'll tell you what, they're going to have to definitely be ready to, um, to get into a track meet because the one thing that uh, West Virginia will let you know is that they can score some points. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on 1380 WELE and on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after the break. And we'll finish up the top ten in NCAA football. Stay tuned. And, by the way, where's my Miami? Where's... Michigan? Hmm. Miami's still winning, baby. We'll figure it We're out. Three and one. In my prediction, the clock is ticking on South Florida. Stay tuned for on Sports Info UM. Has your insurance been canceled or non-renewed? Have your premiums increased dramatically? Are you looking for a new agent? Why don't you call Accord Insurance located in Palm Coast, Florida today? Accord Insurance offers home, flood, auto, business, life, and health insurance at affordable rates from A-rated carriers. Talk to an Accord Insurance agent today, 386-447-8950 or www.accordinsurancepalmcoast.com. Accord Insurance, Volusia and Flagler County's premier insurance agency, providing you with quality insurance you can afford. And so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football, and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Livingston, Warrington & Sword, PA, a full-service law firm located at 20 Airport Road, Suite A, Palm Coast, Florida, serving Volusia, St. John's, Flagler, and Putnam Counties, practicing in the areas of bankruptcy, divorce, and child support, injunctions, criminal defense, foreclosure defense, real estate, probate, and general business litigation. Need help? Call Livingston, Warrington & Sword, PA, at 386-437-5833. The number again is 386-437-5833. 
for an appointment and mention this ad and your consultation is on the house. Livingston, Wolverton, and Sword, PA, Attorneys at Law, the obvious choice. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award Program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 386 523 1380. That's 386 523 1380. Welcome back or send to us Sports an email Info at UM. Sports Info UM 3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info UM. There we go. Give us a call 386 523 1380. You listen to us on the W-E-L-E in Ormond Beach, Florida, and Voice of America World Radio. Um, hey, man, University of Miami, 3-1. and one, And the only team we lost to is Kansas State. Kansas State's rated in the top ten. And University of Miami is just plugging along, plugging along. Well, um, there's there's no such things as uh, moral victories, but... Uh, moral victories? You know, if that's the, uh, if that's the route that uh, a once proud program have to take you know uh more power to them uh they they did oh. they did uh they did oh. win this week, 44-37, behind a, a great <laughs> effort from uh, their quarterback, Stephen Morris, who passed for an ACC record, 566 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, hey, go Hurricanes. I'm about ready to watch a 200-pound a running back run through a 250-pound lineman here any minute. Wow. <laughs> a, moral, a moral victory. Moral victory. There's no such things as moral victories. You know, that, but, that's but, the but, way. But you say that was one. Yeah. So, so if Michigan has a two and two record, is that immoral? Two and two. <laughs> hey, hey, two and two. We're, we're not singing the victors. You know, we're trying to get it fixed. We're not trying to uh, p- pretend that we're better than what we are. We had a bye week. You know, we're coming off of a, a, a heartbreaking defeat. You know, when uh, to Notre Dame, to a Notre yeah. Dame team that I'm picking right here on Sports Info UM. That's on come Saturday night in Chicago. They will beat the Miami Hurricanes. Whoa. And I thought we were friends. Sir. Hey, we. Are friends, we're friends. We, we uh, are friends. Yeah, you really dog we, we are No, we you are friends. And, and I, we hey. are friends, and I am a firm believer in Al Golden. It's just going to take time. If you can win at Temple, you can definitely win at Miami. I'm he's not saying that. that. He's 3-1. Yeah, he's 3-1, but sometimes, you know, 
the grass ain't always as green as it appears. When you're riding down the street in your car, you know the grass looks real green. But when you stop, there's a lot of patches in it. And what I'm saying is Miami, I like what they're doing offensively. When you can score points, they've proven that they can score points. But when you score 44 points and your defense gets you six turnovers and you have to throw a 62-yard pass late in the game to win, you know, you have some issues on defense. And when I think Miami, I think swag. And when, I, when I'm talking about swag as a defensive player, I'm talking about guys that just set the tone. I, I tell you what, the old Miami, they weren't giving up 37 points. They weren't getting beat 52 to 13. That's what I'm talking about. Until Miami's all the way back, that's not going to happen. I, I, but I believe in Al Golden. Al Golden's going to get it turned around. Everybody just got to be patient. But you know, hey, you guys got two losses facing you down the barrel. Notre Man, Dame, you, you, Florida you State. giving us two losses before we play the game. Notre Dame, Florida Man, State. This, this could be a coming out party game. for Miami, and be. then both uh, uh, Notre Dame and Miami will be four and one. Let's check yeah. the polls then. It could be. Hey, I'd, I'd love to see the Hurricanes this week do their thing in Chicago, Soldier Field. Beat up on Notre Dame in Soldier Field. Man, come back home next week. Do you know what a ruckus crowd we're gonna have down south in Miami playing Florida State for homecoming at that? You know, we don't we don't duck and dodge people for homecoming either. We play the top dog for homecoming. Now, now that, you know what I'm saying? Now come that, on, man. That Chicago game, that's more like a home game. Of course it is. Notre it Dame. is a home game for Notre Dame. Because you, you guys like the traveling, you know. How how do you guys how do you think you guys will you be well represented or well, how, how do you feel about that? I, like think we'll, I think we'll have fans there. I think we'll have a nice crowd there. You know, I, I'm not saying, you know, come on, Chicago, Notre Dame, that's probably only about, what, 50 miles from, from, from Notre, South Bend. From South Bend I, 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 really don't, I really don't see the benefit for Miami to go to Chicago. You know, because Miami, they're not they're not going to recruit kids in Illinois. They're not going to recruit that many kids Russell in the Midwest. Russell Maryland came from yeah, from, but, came from but Chicago. But not not as often as like that. That's <laughs> been that's the that's reason Notre Dame. We're I only mean, going there to get on, one man. or two recruits. We're not trying to go there. I, I, and agree, make I agree with Snellenberger. Put a fence around Dade County, man. The, the, the state of Dade, man, the city of Dade. Can't you see that's what now, boys? Hey, how about the Titanic team of the week. The Titanic? Who would that be? Uh, that would be Stanford dropping from number 8 to number 18. Wow, yeah. They're yeah. sinking fast. Yeah, yeah they lost to a Washington team. Got a late score to 17-13. You know, Stanford's yeah. one of those teams. They want to run the ball, play defense, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's unfortunate, you, you know, because a couple weeks ago they upset the number two team in the country, USC. But, you know, hey, you can get that one marquee victory, but you got to keep on chopping wood. And uh, that, that's what happened there. You know, Washington, they lost to a Washington team that got dominated by LSU, by an LSU team that's, that's suddenly struggling. So you never know. Anything can happen on any given Saturday. You just got to, at the end of the day, you got to get the victory. You know, regardless of how many points you give up or, or how many touchdowns you score, you can't, you're not going to always win with style points. Well, as fun as college football was this past week, we had a lot of National League football. Boy, isn't that the truth? And our teams in the state of Florida really did not come through for us at all. Jacksonville Jaguars lost, Miami Dolphins lost, Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost. Hey, however, Michael Vick and the um, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles came through this weekend beating up on the New York Giants. That was, that was a great game last night. You know, that was the Sunday night uh, national televised game. And uh, 
Michael Vick, he protected the football. You know, I, to me, if the Eagles uh, coming into this game, they had a lot of turnover issues. Vick is still getting hit, but the thing is, he no turnovers. It, when you don't turn the ball over and you run the football well, you're going to be in 99% of the games. And, I mean, you're talking about the defending Super Bowl champions that uh, I, I watching the game, I felt the team that had the ball last was going to be victorious. And, uh, you know, Michael Vick, 19 of 30, 241 yards and a touchdown. Six rushes, 49 yards. But to me the key was McCoy. He had six carries for two yards in the first half. In the second half, he had 121 yards rushing, and to me that was the difference in, in the Eagles being successful. Well, you know, this receiver Jackson for Philadelphia finally is coming around, too. He has six receptions for 99 yards and a TD. And, uh, and you know, I think this guy Bradshaw suffered an injury last week against Carolina, and it was a neck injury. And I was very surprised to see him play this week. And you can tell he didn't. He wasn't at 100%, 13 carries for 39 yards, no TDs. He was not at the top of his game. No yeah. rushing game for the Giants. I mean, they have got – I mean, two weeks ago when uh, – Bradshaw was out. They had a great rushing game when they yeah. played the young guy. I mean, Eli, he was he was consistent. 24-42, 309 yards, two touchdowns. He threw a big interception in the red zone. But the Giants, they had a chance to win the game late. The last drive to me was uh, I didn't know if I was watching the replacement refs or, or the real refs. I mean, there was some controversial calls. Uh, I, I saw one uh, Osamoah in press coverage get a great press on the guy. In the five-yard zone, and the referee called pass interference. I well, mean, two late pass interference on the defense, and then the Giants were were on a 26-yard line in field goal range, and they took a shot, yeah. and it was offensive uh, pass interference. And that that call to me, they got it right because the the offensive player, he, he did what he's coached to do. If the if you feel the defender's going to intercept the pass. You pull them, you do what you got to do. But that knocked them out of field goal range. And it was almost deja vu for the Eagles. You know, last week Miami called the timeout and they blocked the field goal. The Eagles called the timeout and times he missed the field goal. So he got another shot. And the, and the, the second opportunity, the 54-yarder, it looked good, but it came up a little short. Oh, just and, under the ball. Yeah, and the Eagles squeaked out a victory and all of the talk about the Eagles they're still 3 and 1 yes. after the after the first quarter you know when I was in, in Indy we labeled the first four games that's the first quarter let's have a winning record in the first quarter when you can go 3 and 1 in the first quarter you're definitely on your way to securing a playoff spot yeah and and um one more thing about that game too um Eli Manning is still always doing his thing 24 42 309 yards two TDs He's just always doing his thing. He's a steady quarterback and an elite quarterback. And one thing about these referees, before we go any further, man, I can't see where we would expect the the, the, the real referees to get all of these calls right when they had no preseason. Yep. They've missed three three games of the regular season. Come on, it's just it's, it's it the rusty refs. They had a lot. They had a, they had a lot of training sessions going on. You know the guys yeah, were communicating. Uh, hey man, there's a Facebook. lot of stuff. Now you can Skype, you can video conference, you can hey. Yeah, you can we, we can see each other. You, you can also see each other. It just depends on what type of technology they have. Hey, a, another game that, that was just exciting. And, uh, I mean, I was on the edge of my seats. And uh, the referees, they played a big part in this game also. Green Bay, 28. 
the move to two and two. The Saints, 27, uh, you know, that defeat sent the Saints to 0 and 4. But what do you think about that game? You're talking about two of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, and they were on their A games. Yes, they were. Drew Brees um, broke Johnny United's record for 49 touchdowns in 49 games. And, uh, and he threw for 35, he completed 35 or 54 for 446 yards and three TDs. Drew Brees is, is he, man, he's like an orchestrator watch, man. I mean, this guy really gets it done in a real smooth way. Nothing seems to rattle him. No matter how many times he gets hit, he gets sacked. It could be passes. It could be fourth and, and 20. You can almost count on this guy, man, to make something happen. He's an exciting player to, to watch. Um, they, the New Orleans Saints have not won a game, but they're not that 0-4 team you want to play. Well, my question is, 0-4, is the bounty making the bounty penalties making a difference in New Orleans? I would, I think so. I, I think playing without your head coach has possibly taken two victories away from them this season. And and I'll, I'll say this: if they had had their coach yesterday with that close of a game. You can almost say a coach is going to give you a point, two points on his decision making, especially when he's a good, good coach and they have a good coach in Sean Payton. Uh, well, well, really watching the game offensively, uh, they did everything they wanted to do. Drew Brees was outstanding. Uh, you know, I. Uh, I, I think offensively, what more can you ask for? You know, Breeze, the, the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he was just as hot, 31 of 41, 319 yards and four touchdowns. And, you know, the Saints had a chance to – they went up, but they, they made a, a key mistake on special teams. They had a holding yeah. on a field goal that would have gave – that, that, made that the gave them goal. the lead. Right. So they moved them back 10 yards. Then the Packers jumped off sides. So now – Instead of having to attempt a field goal from 53 yards, it goes to 48. And the kicker Hartley, he missed a 43 yard, he missed a 48 yarder. And, uh, you know, um, and they still was given that opportunity because of call that the refs made. You know, and, uh, that, that was just a mind boggling call on a Sproles fumble late in the game after the Packers went up. He fumbled. It was a clear fumble. The replay showed it, but they ruled them in the ground, and that's a that's a call that cannot be reviewed. And even if it could have been reviewed, the Packers didn't have any challenges. They had no timeout. So, so you know, a lot of people, regardless of who's wearing the stripes, at the end of the day, when they don't get it right, whether you're replacements or you're the real referees, you will be spotlighted and criticized. That's for sure. And and I've said it for a while. The, the NFL referees are a little too aged for the job, and they really need to get a little bit younger. And I think that was Roger Goodell's point of having the uh, replacement referees come in. He's eventually going to get younger at that position in the NFL. Referees are going to have to get younger. They can't keep getting older, and the players keep getting younger. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work. Hey, man, but one of the games that really just, you know, th- these Houston Texans are the real deal. And if I'm not mistaken, they are the number one ranked team in the NFL right now. Uh, Matt Schaub is just, he's, he's an awesome quarterback. He didn't, he didn't have he didn't have the kind of numbers that um, Drew Brees had yesterday, 20 or 28 for 202 yards, two TDs. But Aaron Foster, 24, 24 catch for 86 yards, one TD. He's always going to be around that 100-yard mark. And, and this team, I think, they're built for the Super Bowl. They're big, they're physical, they're fast. They got one of the greatest receivers in the history of the NFL, Andre 
Andre Johnson, University of Miami. They got the best defensive coordinator that flamed out as a head coach in Wade Phillips. I mean, they they play great defense. They they run the three four, and uh, when you when you look at their defense, they they just got some guys that get after it. And uh, hey. When your quarterback don't have to put up big numbers when your defense can get you two touchdowns. When your defense give you 14 points, uh, you know, hey, that that's the recipe for victory. And uh, also, there was finally, thank God, Chris Johnson decided to show up and play some football. And uh, you know, he had 141 yards rushing. You know, coming in, he he more than quadrupled his uh, his effort uh, this past week. So, uh, hey, the, the next game we're going to go to, man, I, I tell you what, when you speak of rookies, you speak of excitement, if you're the Washington Redskins, you have to be excited about your quarterback. RG3 uh, against against Tampa Bay, that, to me that was one of the best games of all of yesterday. Uh, you know, RG3, the fourth quarter, the two-minute drill. There's nothing like watching a two-minute drill. Three straight completions. A 15-yard scramble to put his team in the field goal range. This is after Tampa Bay took the lead, battled back and took the lead. I mean, you're talking about a, a rookie quarterback that's just poised, the young his years. 26-35, 323 yards passing, no touchdowns and no interceptions, but seven carries, 43 yards and a touchdown. I guess that's what concerns me the most about Robert Griffin. Is the seven carries, and and I guess I'm concerned because I see a young man that is playing with real men, and he cannot afford to carry the ball seven times. On and some of these carries are designed carries. It wasn't like he was running, scrambling, ran out of bounds. No, he dropped back, ran quarterback draws right up the middle. So now you know teams have to start game planning for this, and I just don't see him really being a a a quarterback with longevity in this league if he continues to run the ball at seven pops a carry, eight, eight, run the ball seven or eight times a game. Well, you know, some of those, I, I, I agree with you, some of those are called runs, but when he scramble or he sack, that goes in the stats as a rush. So there, there's nothing he can do about that. But, but, but to me, I see him. He's the type of quarterback when he's when he is scrambling, when he has a scrambling opportunity, he's not just tucking the ball and looking to run. He's looking downfield, trying to make a play in the passing game. And uh, you know, it, it, it was just fortunate. He was very fortunate. The lane opened up. He scrambled for 15 yards, made a smart play. But I think also what helped, helped the Redskins is Alfred Morris, 21 carries, 113 yards, and a touchdown. I want to know who's Alfred Morris. I've never heard of the guy. He's a young man from FIU. Yeah, really? Yeah, he's from FIU, the running back number 46 for the Redskins. And, and, yeah, and also running back from FIU. The bounce back award goes to kicker Billy Condor. You're talking about a guy who might have been on the chopping block, missed his first three field goal attempts, but he lined up. Coach had confidence in him, and he knocked down the game winner, uh, a 41-yarder, to, to redeem himself. Because normally when you go 0, and 3, 0 for 3 on field goals and cost your team a victory, you're unemployed the next day. <laughs> that's very true. Now, there's such a thing on ESPN. That's called a quarterback rating, the QBR. You mentioned RG3, number 10 this week. Right. And, but and who is number one? Andrew Luck is yes. the number one quarterback rated, rated number one quarterback. Roethlisberger is two, as other notables. Uh, uh, Peyton Manning is is five, Tom Brady is six. So uh, Matt Schaub, who you mentioned earlier, is seven. So, you know, these rookie quarterbacks, this was absolutely the year of the new quarterback. Oh, yeah. 
you know, normally when you take a quarterback high in the draft, they teams would like ideally to sit him for a year or two. But now the way that the the college offenses are evolving and in the players that are going to Good schools point. that that uh mm. that have a pro style system, quarterbacks are more prepared to step in from day one and play. And uh and now teams are getting more return on their investment instead of sitting the guy for two years. Now you get to play him right away and uh get return on that investment. And in this year, I mean, hey, RG three, Luck, Tannenhill, uh, Whedon, Russell Wilson, he struggled, but you you have five rookie starters. That's unheard of in the National Football League. You know, um. I tell you, I think this guy, Andy Dalton, last year from TCU, he kind of proved that you can come into this league and play at a very young age. He's number four in the QBR right now. And, and, and a very solid quarterback mm-hmm. for the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, he proved that at Jacksonville yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Andy Dalton came into this league on fire. Cam Newton came into this league last year as a number one player selected in the draft. And he was on fire. Andy Dalton was he I think he was late in the first round and his season Actually, was, he was, he was, he was he was early second, but no. Andy Dalton led his team to the playoffs. Yeah. I, I mean Cam Newton, exactly. everything he did, he's a great player. But uh, you know, there's some people now that are saying who's the better second year quarterback? Is it Cam Newton or is it Andy Dalton? Hey guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on Voice America Network and W E L E thirteen eighty in Norman Beach. If you'd like to join this call, you can give us a call at three eight six five two three thirteen. Check us out on at Twitter, sportsinfoum.com, and our Facebook page. I love hearing a big old man talk about Twitter. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Tweet me, uh, baby. You got it. Okay. Stay tuned. Back right after this. What game you got, Livingston, Warrington, and Sword, PA, a full-service law firm located at 20 Airport Road, Suite A, Palm Coast, Florida, serving Volusia, St. John's, Flagler, and Putnam Counties, practicing in the areas of bankruptcy, divorce, and child support, injunctions, criminal defense, foreclosure defense, real estate, probate, and general business litigation. Need help? Call Livingston, Warrington, and Sword, PA at 386-437-5833. The number again is 386-437-5833. For an appointment and mention this ad and your consultation is on the house. Livingston, Wilmington, and Sword, PA, Attorneys at Law, the obvious choice. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Has your insurance been canceled or non-renewed? Have your premiums increased dramatically? Are you looking for a new agent? Why don't you call Accord Insurance located in Palm Coast, Florida today? Accord Insurance offers home, flood, auto, business, life, and health insurance at affordable rates from A-rated carriers. Talk to an Accord Insurance agent today. 386 447 8950 or www.accordinsurancepalmcoast.com. Accord Insurance, 
Volusia and Flagler County's premier insurance agency, providing you with quality insurance you can afford. Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 386-523-1380. That's 386-523-1380. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info U.M. Hey, speaking of Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton came to Jacksonville, Florida yesterday and um, put a whooping on those Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, oh, man, Jones Drew. We count on Jones Drew in Jacksonville to be a very, very productive offensive weapon. As a matter of fact, he's the only offensive weapon we have in Jacksonville. And when you can shut him down, you pretty much shut the Jaguars down. Jacksonville, uh, you know, Jones Drew. As Jones Drew go, so does the Jags. 13 carries, 38 yards. You know, that's not good enough. 212 yards total offense and two turnovers. They're not going to win uh, many games uh, with that type of production. You know, there's a reason that th- that our games are blocked out locally. You know, uh, <laughs> we got to do a better job of trying to get Jones Drew more carries. I mean, he is the offense, and uh, the one thing that uh, they're going to realize is until the quarterback make some plays in a passing game, teams are going to continue to stack the box and um, prevent Jones Drew from beating them. You know, Andy Dalton, workman like day, 20-31, 244 yards, two touchdowns, and uh, you know, you're, you're watching greatness when you watch A.J. Green. Uh, six, six catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. The Bengals have a great passer-receiver combination that's going to lead them for the next 10 years if they can keep these guys together. And they have weapons, multiple weapons. Cincinnati defense, six sacks, consecutive weeks. Spoils Fred Taylor's ring of honor ceremony. Well, you know, congratulations to Fred Taylor. Great back. One of the um, class... uh, Class acts, uh, just a class guy, uh, Florida Gator, uh, the ultimate professional. Just congratulations on being uh, elected to be in the Jacksonville's ring of honor. Well, if Galbert keeps throwing for 186 yards, the Jacksonville Jaguars will struggle, and we will be looking for someone else to chunk the ball around real soon. Chad Henney, he on the bench. Go Blue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the reason he's on the bench, Sam. Yeah. Hey, but uh, anyway, the the, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers still trying to do their thing. We've already talked about them, and um, the Miami Dolphins in Arizona. You, you you talk about a team, the Dolphins. Uh, they sit at one and three in the standings, but uh, to me, that's that one and three could easily be three and one. They're talking about just losing two heartbreaking games in overtime. They uh, let Arizona rally. Late in the game, they're tied up and the Senate uh, overtime. And, uh, you know, it's going to be tough when you turn the ball over four times, and that's what Miami's offense did. Uh, you know, Arizona got a late field goal, a 46-yarder from Jay Philly with six minutes and 31 seconds to win in overtime. And, uh, you know, the Dolphins gave up a 15-yard touchdown 
on fourth down with 22 seconds remaining in the game. They were 22 seconds away from victory this week, and last week they outsmarted themselves in overtime. Well, the, Arizona, the, the Cardinals quarterback, Cobb, um, a couple weeks ago we were ready to throw him on the, on the, on the scrap heap, and now we're talking about how good he is. You know, he threw for over 300 yards, three TDs yesterday, and he looked pretty productive. Um, he didn't look like the same Kevin Cobb we saw in the, in the um, preseason. He looked like a seasoned quarterback yesterday, and um, and I have to tip my hat to him, man. He looks pretty good. Got to tip my hat to him. Still not sold on him. Uh, Tannenhill, man, 431 yards, touchdown, two picks. And uh, Mr. Uh, Brian Hartline had a, a just a great day wow. as a receiver. 12 catches, 253 yards, and a touchdown. Down. If they can get that type of production out of him and Best, Best went over 100 yards. And, uh, you know, Reggie Bush, I was surprised he played a, a respectable 67 yards on 17 carries. Coming off of a, a banked-up knee, hey, that's a respectable. You, you can respect that, a guy going out, playing hurt, trying to get a victory for his team. But to me, the Dolphins, they just don't know how to win. They, well, they could easily be 3-1. and one. And, and the Dolphins almost kind of make me think about the New Orleans Saints. The Dolphins have a brand-new coach, first time ever being a head coach, and they're struggling because he may be going through some coaching woes being a new head coach. Here we got New Orleans Saints don't have a coach at all. And I'm saying to myself, if, Tam, if, if uh, Miami's coach had a couple more seasons under him, they'd be a much better team. If New Orleans Saints just had their coach. They'd have two more victories up under them. But I have to say this, man. Who would have ever thought that the Arizona Cardinals would be undefeated at this point in the season? Hey, uh, if I was a bad man, that's a bet that I definitely would not have placed. Uh, but, hey, you got to tip your hat to, air, to the Arizona Cardinals. They're the cardiac kids. They continue to fight. They don't give up. And uh, good things happen when you continue to fight. And, and speaking of fighting, man, just the Atlanta Falcons, uh, you know, they, they just kept on going and going and going. And they improved the 4-0 after Cam Newton, who had a great day yesterday, took the lead late in the game and was trying to seal the game. All he needed was a first down. It appeared that Newton had the first down, but he fumbled, and it's a spot foul, so they moved the ball back. Carolina had to punt the ball to the Falcons, had them pinned at the one-yard line with a minute to go in the game, and and Matt Ryan drops back and throws the ball down the field 59 yards to Roddy White, and he comes up with the ball over two defenders. Just, Just poor defense. You can run a clinic on how not to play pass defense. If he had thrown that ball 65 yards, Roddy White would have scored a touchdown. It would have been no need for a field goal because he was behind them with seconds to go in the game. How could you get? How could, how could you let a receiver get behind you with seconds to go in the game and you're behind? I, I, that one just threw me for a loop. Hey, and, and you know it's a big controversy, not a big controversy, but there's a little controversy about Cam Newton and all of his celebrations. Says he was doing a lot of celebrating in a, in a loss to the Giants um, last week. This week he's still doing a lot of celebrating. So first downs. He didn't have anything to celebrate against the Giants because he, but he, did he, celebrate. He, he played terrible against the he, Giants. He hops up at the first down and gives a big first down <laughs> signal. You know what I mean? But you know, I, I think some people are looking at these things and saying, "Hey, man, is this a sign of..." 
immaturity or is this a sign of selfishness? I don't How think do you it's, feel I, about that? I don't think it's a sign of him being selfish. I don't even I wouldn't even say it's him being immature. You know, these guys now in the NFL they want to be entertainers. He's not an entertainer, but I tell you what, he's playing a position at a very high level. Well, there's a picture on ESPN it's, showing him in the locker room with a towel over his head, and they did a poll and they said, was it because he was being a competitor? Or because he was sulking. Guess what won? Sulking. But but you know, if you listen to his teammates and the people in the organization, the people that really matter, they talk about how competitive the guy is, how he, he gives his all, how he wants to win. It's important to him. And yesterday, he left it all on the field, whether he celebrated or not. 15 or 24, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Nine carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown. He led his team. He gave his team a lead in the final minute of the game. The defense got to make a play. You know what I see in Cam Newton more than anything else? I see that he really loves to play the game. I agree. He still has the kid part of the game in him. Now, yeah, he gets a little showboaty, but... What kid doesn't when you're that good? He he's from Atlanta. You you know he probably had 50 people uh, yeah. in, in the stadium, and he did the eight-time stump to let him know I'm from Atlanta, baby. Hey, well, hey man, <laughs> let, let's, let, let's hold, hold our horses for a second here, man. Cam Newton fumbled the ball on a on a third and two. If he if he holds on to the ball, the game is over. We don't talk about Atlanta Falcons being undefeated anymore. And I think we have to put some of this responsibility on his shoulders. He wants to jump up and throw a first-down signal in 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 a game that he's losing big. But here it is, the same guy can't make this. Can't hold on to the ball because we count on him, man. He's he's the and leader. And you know why team. he fumbled? Because he was selling out. He was trying to reach out and get the first down. So so you know it happens. And those guys from Atlanta, their defense, they get paid a lot of money to make plays. It was it was a nice play. But I mean, what what do you want Cam to do? Line hold, the, hold on to the ball. line the field, uh, sell popcorn at halftime. I mean, he's doing everything he can do. I want him to cut back a little bit on the celebrations because when I think about great quarterbacks like Roger Starback, Joe. Montana, uh, Fred, um, this Kent is a new State. era. I understand that. They didn't have era, internet man. back then, but they didn't have, you know, it's an old saying, act like you've been there. Really? You know what I mean? And I, I'd like to see this kid act like he's been there, act like he's been there well, a little bit more. I'm sure every week Cam Newton's going to give us something to talk about, something that a lot of fans are going to be talking about this week. Baseball playoff time in the AL wildcard game. The Orioles and the Yankees are going to play, and uh, somebody's going to end up against Oakland. You know, the East there in the uh, American League hasn't even been decided yet. Uh, in the AL Division Series, it'll little either be the Orioles or Yankees against the Athletics, against the number one seed, Texas. Again, uh, the number three seed is Detroit. In the National League, Braves versus the Cardinals for the playoff. One, you know, this is going to be an interesting game to see who win that. And then, of course, that team will meet up with the Washington Nationals. The surprise of surprises, like the Baltimore Orioles. It's good. You got to understand, Washington, Baltimore, very close stadiums, close together, and they got baseball on going the bell, on now on the Bell Line. And you know, when you talk about Washington and Baltimore, you're talking about teams that just stockpiled draft picks for years and years and years, you got it. and they're finally producing. But, uh, hey, guys, the Ryder Cup, you're talking about letting one slip away. We had a four-point lead, and we let we let it slip away. Hey, guys, I want to say one thing before we go. Is it Tim Tebow time? Oh! 
I knew hey, it was all over when I saw him on the special the, kickoff team. Hey, hey by Tim the way, Tebow one, had a great cut block yesterday. One other baseball game, number two seed Cincinnati playing the number three seed San Francisco. A lot of baseball this week, fans. All right. It's uh, over and out, guys. Let's go. Hey, we'll see you guys next week on Sports Info UM. Peace. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.